welcome once again into the Soccer OG. Hey, that's me, Max Bretos. This is episode 49. You know the drill. As always, a reminder to please rate, review, download, share, tell a friend about this wonderful little podcast, at least in my mind. You know, I have all the data. The numbers are growing, and it's thrilling to see. I, I, I'm a, a complete nerd when it comes to that. I go on every couple hours. And see, what happened? Because it's, you know, this is something we started from the ground up. And we're making progress. And you can say you were there from the beginning. When we're hitting our strides doing it together, we have a wonderful show for you. In the business end, I will be joined by Rodolfo Landeros of Fox Sports and Fox Deportes. We're going to have a conversation about Mexican football, about the Mexican national team, and a little sidebar that I think is going to interest you, especially for some folks out there that may be looking to invest in some interesting things in the future, such as the metaverse, blockchain gaming, and NFTs. They're happening, man, and trust me, I was the biggest skeptic of the bunch, but I could see how things are falling into place. Oh, crypto as well. But I might be late to the game or I might be early. I know I'm not the earliest, but I'm not going to be the last. And don't you be either. It works. We'll also talk about the African Cup of Nations. It's underway in Cameroon in stoppage time. And we'll talk about some of the things that happened on the football. Pretty quiet week, so to speak. It is the quiet before the storm. The international window for World Cup qualifiers quickly approaching. And we will be delving into that. But for now, let's get started with the show. Okay, you know, I did say it was a quiet week, and that's not really accurate. It was quick. I know the FA Cup third round is very exciting. You have Kidderminster and Cheltenham and Dagenham and Redbridge and all the small clubs, Bristol Rovers. It's, uh, I don't feel the magic I once did, but I, I still take a peek. It's a great tournament. Look, this is a tournament that, again, is made by the English and Welsh supporters who get behind their teams in these moments. And it builds up to it. And the magic is there, although it happens less and less. Newcastle got knocked out by Cambridge. Cambridge, hello. The cerebral part sometimes filters into the athletic part. And we beat the richest club in the world, so to speak. Although we haven't really seen that yet, but give it time. I was off in Joshua Tree. Uh, If you're not familiar, I know a lot of the listeners here from California. About two hours out of the city, go there. It's in the high desert. It's a national park, but it's just it's nice, relaxing, and growing, growing. You can go there and kind of unwind a bit. So I'm just telling everyone, if you need some advice, wherever you might be listening, get out and do some weekend road trips. You don't have to get on a plane. Just go out, go for a ski. If you're in the warmer states, maybe a jump in the lake. I don't know. But just do that. and Do it with your friends and your family. It's worth it few things that we'll get into, and uh, again, stick around. We'll be talking to Rodolfo Landeros, recorded that already, and it's very good. He's fantastic and uh, thrilled to be able to call on him uh, to join us here on the pod. And we'll talk a little bit in brief about the AFCON, which is here. And, you know, it, the, uh, the enthusiasm was kind of sucked out of it because of the complaints and the concerns of these uh, big clubs and not so big clubs losing some of their players. And that's not right. So we'll talk about that here shortly. Some things we did see as the German League back, Spain is back, Italy's back. England uh, takes a break for the FA Cup and they'll be back in league play here this weekend coming up. Some, some rest for some players, obviously, the FA Cup. Some of the first team players in certain teams don't play. And uh, that will move on as, it, as we will take shape of that tournament. Oh, man, it's just a lot of work for these guys. But we did see the debut of Ricardo Pepe. And very quickly, mind you, Ricardo Pepe into the Augsburg lineup in the 60th minute over the weekend. And, you know, I watched it. Um, it was fine. It's a nice It's a nice run out. I think that's all. We can't really gauge the 30 minutes. It would be counterproductive if you ask me. They lost to Hoffenheim. Great photo opportunities to see Ricardo Pepe and Chris Richards sharing a field for different teams. The Bundesliga is must-watch if you are following U.S. men's national team players. Other leagues are starting to change as well. We know in Italy with the Venezia players, 
we don't we, we hope we'll see about Roma. You know, Mourinho losing again. I mean, we're hearing these talks about Brian Reynolds going to uh, Belgian football. You just got to get games. And that's the thing about Ricardo Pepe and why Augsburg's a great situation for now is that he's getting games. Needs to get him games. Get him in there. Let him play because he is going to be the featured number nine. Perhaps someone else could step up in catch him here along the way. We just don't know for sure. Uh, Daryl DK, seemingly a guy that could get into the equation here. West Brom lost over the weekend in FA Cup action. And uh, yeah, not nothing yet from our guy Daryl DK, but that should turn as Ricardo Pepe, a big investment for a club that is looking to uh, use this guy that have earmarked Daryl DK, the American striker, is a guy that can lift them to their goals, which is to be promoted, which they could very possibly do. And as we talked about last week, West Brom's a big club. It's a Premier League club. And they just happen to be in the championship, but they had a long run there. So it could be a, it could be a one year down and right back up. The old yo-yo. Also want to talk about oof, this USA uh, and World Cup qualifying window. We'll talk to... Uh, Rodolfo, a little bit about that. On my YouTube page under Max Bretos, I have a video there talking about how I project the teams to end the season, how they will how they will end this World Cup qualifying campaign, and there's some surprising, surprising numbers coming out. Rodolfo doesn't agree with me, so you'll hear what he has to think, but check that out on YouTube under Max Bretos, the soccer OG. And again, thanks for all the support. Let us get started with the show. Vamos. And welcome back here on the Soccer OG. Time to step into the business end. And this week, joining me from Fox Sports Deportes, Fox Sports period, recently wed. Congratulations, Rodolfo Landeros. Your life has changed, my friend. Congratulations for joining the rest of us. For the good, for the hook good. For the good, of course. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> of course. Thank you very much, Max. It's a pleasure to be here in the Soccer OG. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, everybody has told me that uh, it, it, it might wear off, but no, no worries, no worries. Uh, I'm happy. I'm it'll, really, really It'll happy. wear off on a day here, and then it'll come back and it'll wear back on. Does that make exactly. sense? Exactly. And now you have, you, you've got a, you've got a, a partner, <laughs> a confidant that you can, you got someone who can do some of the things for you. You could do some things for her. It's very helpful, you know. I know. Don't I need know, to go I to know. Target and pick up something. You could do it, whatever it is. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy. I'm happy at this stage of my life. It's uh, what I want to do, and uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm very very happy right now, man. You know, I got to ask this because I know. Did you watch the uh, this Raiders Chargers game? Oh man, it was so good. We were doing actually an NFL uh, show for Fox Deportes called NFLeros. And we were just waiting on the results so we could, you know, have our AFC picks for the wildcard round. And we were just holding, holding, holding. And we finished the, the, the show and the game wasn't even over. But I had it on my iPad. I was apparently looking at the rundown, but I was watching, at, I was watching the game. Of course. And I was like, this is, it. I mean, this is going to overtime. And then we saw this uh, Justin Herbert he's a monster i mean this kid is dynamite he's on his second year that that drive it was fantastic and then um i think it was the spirit of john madden that says you you, you got to go for the win i'm not yeah. i'm not i'm not taking the tie because for everybody that didn't follow the game if the the game tied then both teams the chargers and the raiders would have been in and the steelers out but uh, uh the chargers got duped no, no shame on knocking, no shame on knocking the Steelers out. And look, I know either love or you hate the Raiders, but they uh, they went through a lot. Obviously, John Gruden, the John Madden situation, which had to tug on them emotionally. Uh, we forget about Henry Ruggs. I mean, it was oh yeah, it's a, I don't want to put a damper on this, but it's it was a lot to overcome. So good for them. I like Chargers are my team. I came back to L.A. And oh, they came, I'm sorry. Well, I'm not like I'm not like die cast gonna cry about it because they're a new team i kind of jumped around i know it's pretty sad yeah and i know some friends are gonna listen to go you 
stink. But anyhow, <laughs> but I thought it was fascinating watching it because all the soccer folks I follow on Twitter, because I had my Twitter account open, as I usually do during games. That's when Twitter's fun. Exactly. And everyone's like, take the take the knee, park the bus, take the tie. And I'm like saying to myself, that's how it works. Ties are there is decency and there is there is something to be said about making sure you get in the playoffs. How bad would the Raiders have felt if somehow they did something to jeopardize their playoff spot by going for the win? But I respect it. And I love what you said about John Madden, that they we want to win. We want to stick it to our rivals. I think they, they could have played the Chiefs. They didn't want to play the Chiefs. They could get to play the Bengals. Obviously, that's a better bet. So there's still a lot to go for. So I, I respect the decision. And I won't, I will not compare the NFL to soccer anymore. No ties. They don't want ties. That's fine. That's our thing, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> there are, there are very good ties we got, uh, Rayados Querétaro that draw nil nil. And it was a pretty fun game, but I, I, I get it when uh, football and, and football in the NFL, they don't want ties. And, uh, I think it would be it, it, not, not a scandal if they would just, uh, you know, sure, or secured their place in the playoffs, but it, it would have drawn a lot of attention, yeah. you know? So uh, for all the skeptical people, I think uh, it was just like, no. It's, it was it was put in play. We said, there's no way we'll come down to this. There's no way they could accidentally be tied, especially 32-32. Maybe it was 10-10. Yeah. Somehow they got into overtime. So the gods were tempting them. Take the tie, take the tie and get the playoff. And they still said no. No. So much respect to them. I know. You had hats, so off. You, hats off. You had a lot of, uh, I'm sure you had the laptop with the game on, but you must have been what Liga MX came back this weekend. You mentioned yes. Rayados. 2022, I, I will say this 2022 is obviously going to be a big year for all the soccer leagues and Liga MX amongst them. We'll see what it looks like as they get new players. But you know, 2021 was pretty good. So, I'm just still thinking the magic of Atlas and just to get your thoughts. I know it's a little bit back there, but what they were able to accomplish and make their fans whole. You see some of these images of people that have thought that they weren't going to be able to celebrate like that ever. And that's the, that's the beauty of sports. That's the magic. It may not happen, but it did. And what a moment. And uh, for all those wondering, Atlas is this, team based in Guadalajara that obviously their big rivals are Chivas, the second most uh, winning team in, in Liga MX. Atlas had just one title and it was in 1950. So you can imagine all the stories about that team, how they, they, they were champions and, and that's it. They were this, this is a team that's no more for their academy. They produce players like Rafa Marquez, like Pavel Pardo. Uh, you got players like uh, Guardado, no? Andres Guardado, exactly. And tons of players of huge quality and talent. And they stopped producing all of a sudden. You, you don't have a, 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 a regular uh, face of Atlas right now. But ever since Grupo Orlegi took over, they are the owners also of Santos Laguna. They have this way of working that... I, I've grown to love and know. But other than that, they, 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 they know their job. And I think they, 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 they make it work. And they are a very uh, functional organization. And just, I'm, I'm, all, I'm all in for the stories, Max. And when I saw these, uh, these 90-year-old Yeah, guys, father and sons, all yeah, that stuff. And, and grandparents that they, they watched that last title And they obviously told their sons and their grandsons about Atlas being champions. And to get that moment, three generations of Atlas fans and watch that title in a, such a dramatic way because it was dramatic and in penalties all, always, uh, I was all in. I was rooting for Atlas. I don't support Atlas, um, but I was like, why not? I mean, Cruz Azul had their way after 23 years. Why not Atlas after 70 years? That's why 2021 was great. It was Cruz Azul at the beginning of the year. Yeah. And then you cross that off. And I'll say this, and I'm very envious. And I know you come from a sporting family. I love sports. I watch sports. But it was so weird with my family. My father loves 
would love to spend some time with me, but he's not interested in sports whatsoever. <laughs> when, uh, when I was growing up, I'll get to the end. I'll get to the, 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 the gist of the story here in a moment. But when I was growing up, I went to Florida state and I was like Florida state football. And he tried to connect with me, but he kept getting Florida state confused with Florida. Right. And he goes, Hey, the, uh, the Seminoles look good this week against LSU. I go, Papa, <laughs> that was Florida. We played Maryland. He goes, Oh, okay. And then one time they wanted to get me uh, something nice. He went to the DMV and got me a license plate, Florida state that I could put on my car, but <laughs> He got the wrong. So I got it. It was Florida. And then I went, I go, dad, I, you know, I appreciate it. So I went to the DMV and they said, you can't return it for a year. You got to drive it and then come back. I go, you're, you're kidding me. So I drove that. <laughs> it, was, it was, it was the worst people on Florida state would see the license plate. go, Hey jerk. And I go, no, 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 no. It's, you can't explain it. But right. the point is when I see, I saw it at Atlas and I saw, I think once with the Philadelphia Eagles one, just across the NFL line again, and you see fathers and sons embracing. I look at that and just see when they probably sat together, watched so many games, and they finally get that moment. It warms my heart, and I just wish I could have experienced that. With my son doesn't like sports either. I don't know what the he what did I get do? it. He might Maybe. get. It. How old is he? He's gonna be thirteen next month. Okay. Well, I got into sports when I was about eight or nine. Because I, w I, w I grew up in Aguascalientes, in the center of Mexico, and then moved to Ciudad Juarez in the north. So I, I was never around soccer. I, I, I didn't have a professional team because Necaxa moved from Mexico City to, to Aguascalientes until I was probably 18. So my first contact with the sport was the World Cup in 94. And I was about six around then. But I wasn't... I wasn't in love with the sport. I, I, it was just my first contact. And then I started to play when I was eight or nine. And, okay, I can do this. And it might grow. It might develop. I'm in love right now with, with NFL. I used to follow it as a fan. And now, as, as a work, I, 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 obviously, I have to cover all grounds. But uh, he might get it in, in a while. You never know. You never <laughs> know. I like that. I'll keep showing It's on so much. He must hate it. He comes down on the TV. It's like Real Madrid Getafe. He's like, Dad, God, I'll go <laughs> to another room. I don't want to. I don't blame him. But uh, it's uh, by the way, you said you were six for the World Cup in 1994. Yes, I was born in. Uh, I was finishing college. No, eight. I was eight. I was okay, eight. That's I was born in 86. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a viejito. Eight. I'm a viejito. So uh, <laughs> I was but, eight, uh, man. <laughs> but you knew it. Hey, what's up? What is uh, the uh, if you go eat in Aguascalientes, what's what you have? What do you have? What's the go to meal? Is there is there one? I know so many cities in Mexico have it. Uh, well, it's not a typical meal for Aguascalientes, but uh, you can have a very good barbacoa in there. I know it's more popular in, in, in Pachuca. Uh, there's great birria, also popular in, in Guadalajara. We don't have like a, a, a signature dish it's like uh we we have very good food it's not the best but uh there's this taco place that i love and every time i go to aguascalientes i'm craving for them it's called el carnes there was this i'm writing this like, down and i will be i will go oh, to yeah. aguascalientes at you're, one you're, point you're gonna love it you're gonna love it if not you'll get your money back from me and this is this taco stand that started in a corner very small taco stand and it turned right now into a restaurant and it's uh i love it every time i go to aguascalientes which it's is not often uh i i always head there when you travel to mexico how do you do it do you ever go to the cbx tijuana airport oh yeah plenty, plenty oh my times. god this is one of the best kept secrets in living in southern california if you want to go to mexico i shouldn't say this because now i'm gonna have big lines When I go down, there. you drive down, there's a parking lot on the other side of the Tijuana airport. It's called CBX cross border express Ex express. Yes. You do all your paperwork on the U S side, you go across and then there's three times as many flights and they are a lot cheaper. However, I love getting there. Those Volaris seats are really small. Oh man. They're like, I can't fit in that seat. Anti knees. I don't know who who made Volaris, but man, I <laughs> they mean, said, get in the plane. Knee, we're getting there. I'm not the biggest guy in the room, but my 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 knees always are are banging against the uh, the seat in front of me. They, they they're terrible. And and the seats are no support. It's like a no. plank. 
No, no, I'm not no. complaining. If I can get to Aguas Calientes direct for 250 bucks, yeah, I'm in. And the good <laughs> thing, the good thing, Max, there are direct flights from LA to Aguas Calientes for 220. Wow, that's really interesting. I don't, I don't want to dwell on this much, but be from Aguas Calientes and then Ciudad Juarez because the, the the north of Mexico, where uh, I re- correct me if I'm wrong, but when I was younger. I mean, we knew about Tijuana was there, and all these cities have changed a lot. I guess a lot more money. There's more industry. There's yeah. families. It, it always had a bad reputation, border town, and it's I've, oh, I've had, yeah. but I had to look Tijuana. That's why we moved from Juarez. The violence over there was especially in the 90s yeah i mean right now it's still but 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 in the 90s it was you know the whole thing with with the feminicides and las muertas de juarez it, it, it was terrible and my dad let's let's move back to aguascalientes and that's why we did i will it has gone better and i've had the pleasure of being a juarez i've been to obviously tijuana and mexicali recently I actually drove down there and yeah, you've, you've got to be diligent, but you go in there and you have a great experience and great people. So uh, I encourage people to make those trips too. You get a, it's right there and you get a wonderful taste of Mexico and you have great food, great people, great booze. Oh, you yes. name it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Didn't expect, by the way, uh, I did watch a little bit of the Chivas game. Okay. And are we going to, do we start engraving the championship for them already? Not into championship <laughs> mode, but it was a great victory. I mean, they got they got um, an exchange with Cruz Azul having Roberto Alvarado still hasn't played. They sent to the La Máquina uh, uh, Antuna, Uriel Antuna, the former Galaxy player. And I think it was a good trade because they paid a lot for Uriel Antuna. I think it was a little bit over $10 million. And it wasn't the player that they thought would uh, they, they had. So I think Roberto Alvarado is a more confident player. He's 23, he's still young, he has matured, and uh, they retained uh, Alexis Vega, who I think is their best player. They Baller. had the chance to sign Rodolfo Pizarro back. I don't know what happened. They couldn't sign him, Monterrey did. And uh, they had the, 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 the chance to sign also Lachofis Lopez because uh, his loan had ended with San Jose Earthquakes and they didn't, uh, I don't know why. This is the type of player that has this amazing talent. And then he wasn't consistent with discipline. He was completely overweight. Lachofis was like uh, 300 pounds. And then Jose, San Jose said, I'll take him. Matias Almeida said, I'll take him. And they reformed this guy. And he turned out to be the breakout star of the team. So I thought that Chivas would give him a second chance. They didn't. Maybe later. I don't know. But uh, a 3-0 was very good. Mazatlan is a weaker side, obviously. Uh, I, don't, I, I, I don't like what I'm seeing from Mazatlan. But uh, they'll get a, a nice test for sure next week against Pachuca. It's, it's great to see. And, I, I, if we, and several of the listeners here are big Major League Soccer fans. And the connections with League MX more and more so. You mentioned three guys right there that were here. All Mexican. And Pizarro, Antuna, and Chofis, who are now back. In, uh, and it's good for the players they have. And it, sorry right? to it, interrupt. And also Jose Carlos Van Rankin, who was a baller in, in Portland. Timbers. Portland. Yeah. No, the list goes on. I, I'd love to see some Amer- more Americans go there. Remember, we had Hercules and uh, Demarcus Beasley, and way back in the day, Clay Coyman. Jonathan but, Bornstein. Jonathan Bornstein. So I mean, it, it, it's going to happen as we see those two li- those two leagues blending. Do you? Th- let, me, let me ask you that. But what about the perspective? By the way, I'm, I'm all over the place. I love out of shape footballers that can ball. So <laughs> I think I want to make an all team. I'm trying to think of some of the great ones that you looked at. You know, Carlos Valderrama was kind of like that. He was never in great shape. Yeah, kinda, yeah. I'm not running. Guatemoc Blanco, I mean. Guatemoc Blanco. He's at the top of the list. He had he, this huge uh, dad belly, you know, beer uh, beer belly. Or how do you call it? He, he, gut. It, a, yeah, yeah. The, 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 and he, Javier Aguirre, when he was the coach of the Mexican team in 2010, in the World Cup in South in South Africa, he was yeah. We all know that Bautemoc is a pedote. Like he, he loves to drink, he loves to smoke, and it was like well, he's a star. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you get those privileges, even though it's not considered professional to drink and smoke, because obviously it affects your 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 skills or well, not your skills, but your 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 your, your rendimiento. I forgot uh, the word. Fitness. Your fitness. Yeah. Uh, so. 
uh, he was the star. And you, you, you get players like that or the goalkeeper in the FA Cup. Uh, that was that's right. Eating the, the meat pies. Eating the meat pies in between, during the game. During the game. I love it. I mean, that's a that's a that's a dying breed, really, where you have that. And look, you need to have a player alongside those guys. They're going to run for them. And you always see those guys willing to make a sacrifice. And I hope we're to, it's like rock stars that drink and smoke. That's starting to go away. They all go to bed at nine o'clock now. And then they wake up and they, they work. I mean, it's, it's not, not to say that's acceptable, but that's when I grew it's up, that's how they were. Yeah. You saw them they go, you're going to look hungover, and, <laughs> but they're going to play the guitar beautifully or they're going to score goals. Anyhow, yeah. what do you, the relationship between league MX and major league soccer. I mean, from our side, it's uh, with this newly expanded leagues cup, which is going to be fantastic. And I think it benefits major league soccer a lot to have that. It, it gets eyeballs in Mexico. It, it has a shared space as well, because there's so much equity in these Mexican brands, Chivas, America, Cruz Azul. We mentioned them. Where, where do you think league MX benefits the most with that relationship? I, Cause they, it's, when I first saw how they were hope there was a discussion of making a super league, which is never going to happen. I think they have a good alternative with what they're going to do this huge tournament in season, but I can always see why MLS would benefit from that because league MX is so well established, but I know there's league MX is going to benefit in some way. That's why they are so eager. That's why they're here with the all-star game. How do you see them as top of the list things that a relationship with MLS would bring? I think there's always there always has to be something positive to come out a, a negotiation. Otherwise, you can't be in the losing part of it, and you don't want to take a part of it if it's if, if it's not on your best interest. So I think um, you've seen the Mexican national team play in the U.S. It's always it doesn't matter if it's a packed. FIFA date. It's packed. It's packed. Even if they play the under 23 of Nigeria, it's going to be a full stadium. So when it comes to, to League's Cup, I see practically the same. It, it might be a, a eight-team round robin and, or a four-team tournament. And now we get it, we're getting like all the teams from both leagues. So I think it's the time for most of the te these teams that are not Chivas, that are not America, and you can probably add Cruz Azul and Tigres to the mix, uh, to expand their brand in the in the states, yeah. I mean, you, you get a, a teams like Toluca who have more than ten titles. You have teams like Leon, and now Atlas has these uh, surge of, of fans that might come in. And uh, why not try to get uh, the attention of some fans in the states? I think it's it's yes, you add more games to the calendar. You have a, a lot of travel time to it, but you have to t you have to think of growing your fan base because what I I'm a Toluca fan and I've seen my team being crowned champions seven times. They have now eleven ten titles. Uh, pardon me, that they have ten titles, but their fan base is just in Toluca. Why didn't they take advantage of that? amazing decade of winning titles with a fantastic Vicente Sanchez, Cardoso, and all these great generation of players to be outside of Toluca. And that's what I think Tigres needed to do also to grow out of, of Monterrey. Because if you ask in the capital, oh, what do you think of Tigres being the team of the decade? They could care less because they, <laughs> they, 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 they only concentrate on, on, on Monterrey. So this is the thing that Mexican teams have to take advantage to expand their brand to be better of uh, marketing and uh, to to sell their team to a different to a different uh, a different country. And what I think the most uh, fantastic thing about uh, Mexican soccer is that you you can be playing as a local or or a home team in the states. Why not think that your team, Liga MX team, can also do the same? I mean. It, it, it's it, it's a phenomenon because U.S. and Mexico are both rivals, but sometimes Mexico plays the U.S. in in the states, and you see more fans from Mexico. And I think that doesn't happen in any other part of the world. Imagine Argentina playing in Brazil and a, a, a sold out Maracana, but Argentinos. more fans from Argentina. 
it never it, happens. It doesn't happen, and it, it, it's never going to happen. So I think that's that's the kind of phenomenon that Mexican executives from Liga MX need to, I think, they, they need to consider at least. It's a, it's a huge marketplace. There's no doubt about it, and they'll they'll inherit that space, and it's untapped. Uh, it's a, 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 it's a great opportunity. I will, I'll ask you this, maybe. Do you think in Mexico there will... Because I both ships will rise here in this high tide, you would think. Do you think there's going to be fans in Mexico that start adopting an MLS team? You know, we have Carlos Vela, you have Chicharito, you have high, you had Rodolfo Pisada, had high-profile Mexican players. Is there room on their plate to have, hey, I like, I like Tigres, but I also like the Galaxy. I like... Toluca, but I also like FC Dallas. A possibility where this league, MLS, gets more eyeballs in Mexico? There's still um, this, this huge rivalry between both leagues. First of all, it was very overlooked. It was looked, the Mexican fans looked over the shoulder to, to see uh, MLS. They still don't believe it. That's the average fan in Mexico. It's like, ah, yes, yeah, stay with your league. It's a retirement league they still have that chip and when they brought in Carlos Vela and they brought in Slatan Ibrahimovic uh, you you saw that conversation in Twitter I've never seen this amount this amount of time or uh, characters spent talking about Liga MX from journalists from fans about teams in MLS so it, it definitely sparked something and the, the this continue confrontation in a CONCACAF Champions League has also evolved into a, a, a more than a conversation. And when you get more of these matchups with Leagues Cup or all these summer tournaments, uh, you're going to get more of that. And obviously it didn't help that the U.S. beat Mexico three times in 2021. So it's it's even more bragging rights for the teams and the, the, the U.S. soccer in general. So I think they're talking a little bit more on MLS. I don't know if they're going to adapt a team, but I think they're, they're following teams because of certain players. I, I don't have any doubt that they follow Galaxy for Chicharito or LAFC because of Carlos Vela. And now they got Lorenzo Insigne on, on Toronto. So that's going to be a fun team to watch because I, I love Bob Bradley's teams and you're not going to let me lie that their teams play very well football. And uh, you add a guy like this... Uh, this Italian genius, I think it's going to be a very fun team to watch still in construction because they underperformed last year, but I don't know if they're going to adapt the team in a, in a certain extent to, to, I don't know, re replace your Mexican team, but to have a team in MLS, but they're, they're sure keeping an eye on, on more teams right now. That's good data points without question. And I, I've seen it. Cause I remember I went to Leon when the champions league was going on, you could see, that was a top story in LAFC and Carlos Vela. And then it trickled down to other players for LAFC. And just when they're on those shows, you know, the, 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 the platform, those platform shows, four guys talking, which I love. I wish we could do that in the States. It's a free conversation. Nothing is staged or choreographed too much as we do many times in our shows here. It was, I loved it. So it was very uh, something else that maybe we can rub off on us on this side of the border. Okay. I did something on my YouTube Soccer OG, which you, everyone should check out under Max Pretos. I did a prediction of the U.S. men's national team in 2022. I went through the remaining 24 games of CONCACAF qualifying, and I went with all the data, who plays well at home, what did the numbers say. So I, I went, this is going to be a win, a draw, a tie, a, a loss. It's not an exact science, but I went through all the numbers. And remember, as they came into 2022, Canada was a little bit ahead of the USA and Mexico. Mexico just had two big road games. Yep. They have four games at home coming up in the final six, two of them in front of an empty uh, Azteca because of the chant, which uh, hopefully this extinguishes it because I, I, I hate the fact that they have that the, the Federation has to go with it, but they are attached to this and so be it. And you, I'd love to get your thoughts on that as well. But I did this data crunch. And after I put all the matches in, my final standings were Mexico gets 28 points, Canada 26, USA 25. Okay. Trust me, that hurt me. To... <laughs> all three make the World Cup. Wow. Panama finishes fourth, 23 points. 
I tried to do it. I said, I don't think the USA is going to win in Mexico. I don't think the USA is going to win in Canada, but they'll win their home games. However, Mexico with these, with these opponents that they do well, will go in there. So for all the criticism Mexico got, and I was like, I was one of them. I go, Hey, look at this. This federation's in shambles. Tata's in trouble. I look at the numbers and I'm pretty confident they're still going to finish top of the standings. How confident do you feel that things will get better in 2022? I know the home matches certainly, mm. the home matches certainly help, even they though some do, are empty. They do help, but the pressure is on Tata. From what I heard from a, a colleague that follows more the Mexican national team, he if he doesn't win his his home team, his home games, the the upcoming matches, Tata's out. And uh, imagine that that that's the pressure on on a World Cup year and. Uh, I'm not sure if if Mexico is going to beat the U.S. in in Mexico. I I think from what I've seen from this team, I see more of the same. I I, I don't see uh, uh, Tata's team going, you know, climbing and then down. And the, I think they hit a roof and they can they can't find a way around it. And I I think Greg Berhalter's team is is building and building and building and I don't see a roof on this team and it's it's magnificent because I get to cover uh plenty of the, these matches for Fox and get to talk to to, to Greg and, and and most of the players and and I know what he's building and the, the, now how they're performing it's it's even better and you're you're getting more players from MLS to you know to Europe and, and one of the top leagues and They still have more to give. And this is, this is a project with the, the Qatar 2022 in, in their mind. This is for 2026. I can imagine the U.S. being a powerhouse for, for the World Cup that they're going to be hosting next to Canada and Mexico. And as for Mexico, Tata isn't making any changes on formation, on the elements, on the starting 11. He's kind of like married with the same thing over and over again. And his style, I think, isn't resonating in most of these players. And I, I, I think it, it's become a team that's predictable. It's become a team easy to read. Mm. And uh, they got plenty of, uh, of Achilles in, 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 in the team. So I think when you got players on the other side, like Tajan Buchanan or uh, Christian Pulisic or, or Gio Reyna, They're going to punish you. I think they may be short in age, but these, these guys, they don't even care. They're, they're, they're fearless. Uh, I, I see some hunger in these guys that they want to take everything. And I love that about the, 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 the mentality of the players in the U.S. You got declarations like Memo Chua's, uh, they're the mirror that the, 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 the Mexican. See Mexico, yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, was that necessary? I mean, they beat you guys two times and – And you, 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 you still you, asking you woke, for more. You, you woke up, you woke up a beast and that's why Pulisic, you know, pull the shirt, which I love. I hate it. And I love obviously, but uh, that's what you get. You can't be thinking that just because you're Mexico, you're going to be in the top of the ladder. But I, I think they got a, um, a well-deserved punishment and they need to be better this year. Because if not, I think they're going to be sticking to the third place. Max. Oof. For real. Well, so you're saying there's some cracks in my analytics with my uh, final predictions. Uh, it's not so. your your analytics, Max. I hope they <laughs> stay that way. It's a new layer. <laughs> I, I think I think uh, the U.S. and Canada have played better football than Mexico. If my predictions are correct, there is going to be five tacos on you at El Carnas <laughs> oh, in yes. Aguascalientes. Let's okay? go. Let's go. Let's do it. I'm down. I'm down. Please <laughs> that's do. a win-win. Mexico in first place and we get to eat tacos. So that's pretty yes. good. Yes. Uh, it's uh, it's just so everyone knows, the first two Mexico home games will be in an empty Azteca. The U.S. is the third home game, so they'll have a crowd back for that. The U.S. is going to be playing at Canada January the 30th. Been talking to some of the folks up there and there's probably going to be less of a full crowd, so they might catch a break because Obviously, COVID numbers are still a, a concern. And when it's cold, the numbers seem to get a little worse. So Canada has to deal with that. But we'll, we'll, we'll worry about that when it, it gets here. I, I've been told there's a date, January 26th, where they determine how many fans will be allowed. It's going to be a small stadium in Hamilton, Ontario, so uh, it, which will benefit Canada. It'll be cold and icy and loud, possibly loud. 
so there it is. It's uh, it's going to be a fun run in there. And um, I will. Uh, I hope we get the four teams in the World Cup. I think we will the way things fell. I think it could be a good World Cup for CONCACAF teams. You're right about Mexico. They have to fix a few things defensively. They just don't have the numbers. And they need – look, we heard Jurgen Klinsmann say about players playing abroad, and the, bet, the U.S. is benefiting. They're young, and I still have to see them play on the road well because they've had one half of good yes. road game in CONCACAF qualifying. And that was the second half against Honduras. But it's – that's this, as you said, it's a work in progress. The ceiling's very high, and they're going to grow into that because it's eventually going to be all the younger players. But it's that European experience. And I was watching uh, Sebi and Hercules' show, and they're looking at the big transfers in Mexico, and they were all within the league because the money's too big. The money's yeah, too good. Exactly. Like I look at the money. Like this whole Lorenzo Insigne thing. People go, "Why would he leave the city?" Yeah, I go, "Well, because they're paying him thirteen million dollars a year. That's pretty. It's just more money than he's ever made." Yeah. But I mean, in Mexico, the, the money talks, but you know, I, I always thought there's the competition in Mexico and MLS is good enough to build a national team. But I've, what I've seen the last year for the U S it playing and training at Chelsea and Juventus and Dortmund, it makes a difference. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's not, for example, Ricardo Pepe, he's going to play in Osberg, which uh, are regular or below average, but you're still going to be facing the best in the world. You're going to be facing uh, the top defenders from Bayern, from Borussia, from Hertha Berlin, uh, whatnot. I, I, I think th that that whole experience, and I think he chose well to go to Osberg because I think he will be playing. There were a lot of talks of going to a better, uh, Wolfsburg, was it? And, and yes. Bayern Munich. He wasn't going to play in Bayern. I mean, you, you're, you're going to train with Bayern, but you're not never going to sit Lewandowski. So I think in a in a World Cup year, what you need is to be playing, to be active. And I think it was the the wise decision. He he will be playing because I he I think he has a talent. I think Pepe is the real deal, and he got away from 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 Mexico, and I think is a, a an excellent choice for Greg Berhalter. And you got players like uh, uh, Gianluca Busio, who are now is now playing in Venezia. You got Reynolds also. You got uh, on Roma. Um, you got uh, Daniel Tesman also in Venezia. So you got you got plenty of players under the age of 20 that are going to be in the best leagues in the world. Bundesliga and Serie A and Yad Pulisic and Gio Reyna and, and Zach Steffen. Everybody is in top teams or in top leagues. In Mexico, I mean, only Orbelin Pineda. And he goes to Celta de Vigo. And the that, was good. that was good to see. It's good. He had a good year the, at I, I really, I, I liked what he was able to do to Mexico. One of the bright spots, I guess. But the thing is that Chachoco, that the manager didn't ask for him. So is oh, he no. going to play or not? So, you know, uh, that's that's the thing. And uh, you got things like uh, uh, Luis Romo, talented player from Cruz Azul. He didn't want to stay in Mexico. Say, I want to, you know, pursue my European dream. Nothing happened, and he ended up playing right now for Monterrey, which is a top team in Mexico in the league, but it's still not the same. So uh, that's that's the difference. I'm seeing a lot of players, and you're going to see Hercules Gomez putting the, 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 the freezing emoji every time you see another oh, goal. Oh, God. Another guy. Right. <laughs> I, I always have fun just watching Hercules having a crack he, at it. But He rides me so much, my former oh, yeah. podcast partner, but I love the guy. Oh, he's good. He's good. It's uh, by also Chacho Calde. That guy always that guy's always gainfully employed. Yes. Whether it's in Spain or Argentina or Mexico or yeah. Brazil, he's always got a. Who I have very high hopes is uh, Johan Vasquez, the center back from Genoa, uh, yeah. that now managed under Andriy Shevchenko. I think he is in a team that is not performing well. They're at the bottom of the Serie A, but. His performance has been outstanding on top of the numbers on, you know, aerial duels one of one B one. So I think he's gaining a lot of experience by playing against the top players, even though it's not a top team. So I think he's going to be the most, uh, um, um, I think the, the, the most, uh, he'll, he'll be the, the breakthrough. Word? He'll be the breakthrough. I kind think of guy. he will be the breakthrough guy for the Mexican team. If Tata Martino decides to use him. 
That's a big, that's, that's up. And that's yeah, a big who knows what goes on uh, real quickly. What you said about Ricardo Pepe, Augsburg's a great cover. He's going to play a lot. It's perfect for a world cup year. After that 2023, 24, you'd look maybe tw- two years at Augsburg, get to a club where you can be more dynamic, play against better teammates. And your comment about uh, playing against good opposition also rings true, regardless if it's Augsburg or Venezia or whomever else I want. I Malik Beasley was a Florida state basketball player. His father is a actor. I forgot his name, but I, I recognized him and I remember his, his son. And I walked up to him once at his, an award show. I go, Hey, I just want to introduce myself. And I go, your son, he's doing great. You played for the Denver nuggets. He was a lottery pick. It was great. Why did he go to Florida state? Cause they don't have a Florida state uh, basketball pedigree. He said, I wanted my son and I told him it's better to play there where you're going to play Duke and North Carolina all these times and your game will go. If you're playing alongside those teams, it'll be a little easier when you get to target them and go. It made a lot of sense. So right. there's a lot of truth. There's a it, it all goes into the to the blender, the learning experience. I, look, I don't know if I've had you on for so long, but I did want to touch on because I see you with NFTs. And gaming, I'm not into gaming, but I, I realize I've got to maybe not spend ga- time gaming, but learn the world because A, there's a lot of money in it. B, there's a lot of people playing. And through soccer, we've seen through FIFA uh, and even now more expanded. That's the entry point into s- the sport for so many folks. And now sports in this blockchain, which is gaming where you can buy non-fungible tokens or within there or you... You play to earn, you play to earn things. And I saw everyone's wondering about cryptocurrencies and if it's going to hit off or NFTs, they laugh, it'll never last. But, you know, I, I was reading this article, Steph Curry and LaMelo Ball, NBA superstars investing. I think uh, he spent $180,000 on one NFT, a card. It was uh, the Board Ape Yacht Club. Oh, yes. So, and you had one, it was like, the, the is it the bunny? It looked, it reminded me of that. And yeah, I, it was a, a board bunny, not not the same. I but, wish it was a board ape. But it's it's you can buy these things and invest in them. And I'm pretty sure when you have people like Steph Curry and Lamelo Ball and Rodolfo Landeros in that space, <laughs> that it's only going to draw people. And these things are going to be valuable. I I was skeptical about it all, but I've never seen it so clear that this is not going anywhere. So when you see this cryptocurrency going up and down, you go, oh boy, that. There's something at play, but there's millions of people in this world already, and they're going to invest more time because now when you play a game, you don't just turn it off and walk away. You have an investment in there. You play for two hours or four hours, six hours. You buy, you can buy property in these games. You can, you can buy a beer or it's, or sell virtual land. Yes. Virtual land. So I was, I spent some time with Gala games in Las Vegas. And I was like saying, what about a soccer game? In, I don't know how it would look. And I think the board ape, they want to do it where at one point these cards actually play a game of basketball and people will watch and not know the results. Now you bring a gambling element to it. I don't know. I don't want to get ahead of myself. <laughs> but with soccer too, where you can build, maybe they create a virtual stadium named after Zlatan Ibrahimovic and he gives the green light and he makes the artwork. And then you find a way to have game action, but it's, Look, I am in. What you obviously spend a lot more time. How do you see that future, and where do you think it's going? If with regards to not just the, the NFTs and gaming, which I know you play a lot of, there's role playing games and there's shooter games, but maybe sports being able to inherit a little bit more space, but specifically soccer. I think uh, NFTs, crypto, and the metaverse are at a stage where probably 20 years ago where where the internet was when everybody was talking about the internet and they didn't believe in it you know i think we're in that spot right now i i truly believe in crypto specifically in bitcoin because they're they're gonna mine it was 21 million bitcoin so eventually uh, all bitcoin is gonna be uh, you know uh, out there but you're gonna own a, a small percentage of a bitcoin and uh the value will go up because of uh, scarcity uh, when you're if you're loaning for a house or from the bank the, the 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 federal reserve prints more money so your your actual money is going to be worth less it's uh because of inflation and all that and i, I don't want to go that deep into a, a rabbit hole but it's, it's, it's the same though. it's the same as 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 gold i gold will lose its value 
U.S. dollars or euros or or uh, pounds will lose its value because they keep printing more money. In Bitcoin, it's just going to be 21 million Bitcoin. So uh, scarcity will, you know, upgrade its value. And on into NFTs, you got to be careful because there are a lot of scams out there. But you get you got to take care of uh, who's behind the project. Um, the if it's legit or not, obviously, and the roadmap. What are the benefits of holding an NFT? Say Board Ape Yacht Club. Yeah, you might get invited to parties and and whatnot. Uh, there are specific perks that might come with the NFTs, and uh, I think they can be applied. For example, if you go to a Crypto.com Arena or whatever it's called right now for the Lakers, uh, if you hold a Lakers NFT, you're gonna be able to walk in and have a specific jersey from the store, something like that. I mean, the possibilities are endless. And I have the Oculus, you know, the VR goggles right now. And I got an alert that you can watch the NBA game from for tonight uh, using VR. So you're going to be standing right in the courtside <laughs> seats and watch the game in VR. That's that's amazing. Imagine being in a, a You and Jack NFL Nicholson game. there. Yeah, exactly. Yo, Nick, uh, Jack, what, what the hell is going on? Why, why, why isn't Dwight Howard doing his game? And uh, I, 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 for example, two weeks ago, I went to a Kid Cudi concert in the, with the VR. And I was just watching, you know, Kid Cudi do his thing. I love Kid Cudi. It, it, he wasn't live, but he was doing his thing. And there were people around me. I was hearing, oh, this guy's so good. I, I turn around and there's another guy, right? And I could hear Having him. a conversation with you. And you, you're having a conversation with this guy at a concert. And then I switched venues and I went to, a, it was a K-1 arena, the kickboxing arena. And you, you can be in a UFC match. You can be in a, in a boxing match. And it was like inside the octagon, you know? So it's, it's a specific place where you don't, There, there's no possibility of even having tickets or a badge to be inside that spot. So imagine as a fan, you sell tickets in VR to a Super Bowl and you're going to be able to be just right next to, It's amazing. to the sidelines. I mean, the possibilities are endless and I, I love everything about it. I think there's a lot more to come. They have to polish it, but it's out there, man. Snoop Dogg bought a mansion in the metaverse. And now the people that want to live next to Snoop Dogg, I think they had to pay around $2 million dollars just to be next to Snoop Dogg for a piece of land that you uh, can't physically be in unless you're in the metaverse, you know? Right. And it's crazy. It's crazy. But the world's going to that place right now. It's it, Look, we, we've run out of space in the real world. So they've created this virtual world where you can go there. Look, I'm I, everything you just said, going to concerts or, or sitting Super Bowl uh, field level, I'd be interested. I'd definitely be into that. And when you create that world, which it is, it's growing up. You, you want to live next to Snoop. And if you buy a house next to Snoop, or if you put the headset and you're sitting there courtside, you're going to spend more time in there, more time in there, more money yes. to, to, to spend or earn. because they're going to exactly. do that. Now I always thought I was always terrified about kids locking themselves away into this world, but, You embrace it. This is the future. And now they're finding it's it just shows you how humanity finds a way to to pivot. You don't panic about, okay, 30 years ago, we're going to be on our phones all the time. Yeah, we're on our phones, but it's kind of led to the next thing. And the technology is always there. And I think we all got to step into those worlds sometime. And I'm looking forward to it. And I never I would not have said that a little bit ago. And I will I'll also add this about the what an opportunity is for athletes is. When you do these sport games, you got to go for licensing, right? You got to go through the leagues. You got to go through FIFA or whatever. And you, you still have to do that. But now you can kind of empower the athletes and say, hey, you can have an NFT. You could do You can have be part of this metaverse. And that is the lure to bring people in there. So if that's an extra stream of income for there, even better. But why wouldn't you want to be next to Snoop Dogg or, or own the Zlatan Stadium? Exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like I'm someone, telling that to you. You're, 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 you've been converted for years. I'm like the guy. I'm like, what is? I just discovered this. It's amazing. 
I know. It's like uh, I follow this podcast called Impact Theory a lot to learn more about crypto and NFTs is uh, from this. Impact uh, Theory. Huge, I'm going to check it out. Yeah. From Tom Bilyeu. He founded uh, Quest Nutrition. You know, the Quest bars and turned into a millionaire, a billionaire, excuse me. And uh, he has this huge amount of guests that, you know, they, they, they complement a lot of talks on, you know, life itself or health and uh, now crypto and NFTs. And they, they call it crypto is the uh, most advanced adapted technology right now. And it's, it, it's uh, I mean, there it is. And, and, and you, you think about what the possibilities can do to crypto, because if, for example, and I'll put this just out there, if uh, it, your, your money is in a wallet, secured in a wallet and nobody has access to the wallet not even the government and you have 12 words that sounds great by the way yeah yeah exactly <laughs> if you have your hands your, off nobody can freeze your accounts unless you give them the, the 12 keywords uh, the passphrase i don't know i don't remember what they call it so you can literally if you die you take your money to the grave because nobody can take that away from you so it, the, the whole idea is to decentralize uh money uh assets virtual assets and uh and i, I think it's uh, kind of like this uh, give power back to the people kind of thing yeah, which i has, believe that i believe and, it and it's fantastic because the government uh, they can you know i'm gonna pump up taxes so i'm gonna take money away from you and uh, you know and this is the type of thing that it it, it will depend on how the money is flowing in, in bitcoin yeah. or dogecoin or ethereum or or Solana, whatever you're, you're investing. So I think it's a, it's a fun instrument, interesting still, young still. And in five, 10 years from now, I don't know where it's going to be. You get a lot of good advice here on the Soccer OGC. Now we got you something. <laughs> Check out Impact Theory and do some investing. Just a little bit. Spread your resources around. You never know about regulation. Maybe one day it'll just go poof. Yeah, exactly. I doubt it. It's just so much read, momentum. Read, read a lot. Read All a the, lot. The guys listening to the Soccer OG read a lot. Listen to these. That's not my crowd. I'm sorry. About... They don't read. I'm no, just they have they... <laughs> read a lot about this. I, I never stop reading every single day. I'm reading more and more about this. And I'm, uh, you know, I'm very uh, enthusiastic about all this. All Wonderful. This stuff. Rodolfo, I've taken too much of your time, man. You covered Whenever so you much want, bases. I appreciate you. You have a, a happy new year. And uh, I look forward to dining with you when Mexico finishes first there. And then. Oh, yeah. If not, we'll find an alternative. We can do a, 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 a El Fanny taco tacos, truck. Bro. There we go. Boom. Boom. <laughs> Rodolfo yeah. Landeros here in the business. And we'll be back with stoppage time. Time now for stoppage time here on the Soccer OG and a quick word about the African Cup of Nations, AFCON, which no one talked about it. On its own merits, an incredible tournament. Africa, the width and breadth of teams, players, styles is extremely compelling. The, the, the incredible teams in North Africa, led by Algeria, who I think if they make a World Cup, which they should, it's tough in Africa. You know, when everyone starts complaining about World Cup qualifying, take a look what these African countries have to go through. If Algeria makes it, they can make a run. A quarterfinal. We want an African team to win it, but you can see all this pushing up against them. There's limitations. There is an infrastructure. There isn't funny. Look at the way this tournament was treated in the lead up. And there were screams that it was racism. I'm not going to say there wasn't. But uh, I think you look at these European leagues and they pay these players and they pay them very well. And they make them stars. Uh, it's uh, it's still part of the game to go off on international duty. And this is important for Mohamed Salah or Sadio Mane, who scored a goal for Senegal in their opener as they got a victory. For the vast number of Cameroonian players who are hosting it. Beautiful opening ceremonies, by the way. Hard to watch because it's you find it. It's on BN Sports, so I was able to locate it. Str strange hours, not really well-produced games. Host broadcaster type, you know, that's you lose a lot, but... It's 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 definitely worth watching. Can you watch it all? It's a huge tournament. Probably can't. But I'm glad it got underway. I'm glad after all this talk. So many times we hear things. That's it. Postpone it. Because that doesn't work that way. You know, COVID is... Whether you agree with me or not, the football world has moved on. And I think that's a great thing. 
We haven't had any fatalities. We haven't had any horrible entanglements. Maybe we've had some compromising in the competition because players aren't available. But getting this going and forward is important. I think it's a good lesson to see how you do protocols because everything is out in the open. And I'm confident we'll come back, even though we had Burkina Faso have a bunch of COVID tests and they were obviously shorthanded for their their opener. But it's I don't foresee anything uh, too dramatic happening out there. This tournament will go on and it will be with great memories and we'll have some great performances. Look, man, Nigeria, Egypt coming up tomorrow as I'm taping this on a Monday. Can't wait for that. We've got to support these uh, local these uh, regional tournaments. And I've said, to me, the the reason I support a biennial World Cup is the pushback is, in my estimation, coming from South America and UEFA. But they already got their games. The, U, the, the Copa America and the Euros are almost like a World Cup. More so the Euros. But now you have this Nations League where Comey Ball is going to join UEFA. That's great for them. But what about... Africa. What about Asia? What about CONCACAF? I just, I don't want to be left out of the party. If you get a shot at the best competition, well-organized tournaments, you take it if you're those regions. So if it is a line in the sand, let's create the line in the sand. I know a lot of folks in America say you're going to ruin it by doing it every two years. That may, that won't be the case. I can assure you when it comes over two years, you're going to be pumped. Two years is still a long time. And the chance for growth from those regions is monumental because they're going to be playing these important games. Well-organized. For everyone's eyes all over the world. So I, I, I always sidebar on that. I, I hate to sound like a broken record, but when I see these tournaments, I, it just screams to me, don't forget about Africa. Don't, we, we almost did forget about Africa. This was swept away. So now it's here. So I highly recommend everyone support the AFCON. As I said, the great North African teams, we, we know the West African teams like Senegal and, and Cameroon and some burgeoning nations as well coming through the, the rebirth perhaps of Nigeria. They have so much good talented players in Europe. That's a tough one to break. Of course, Ghana. And these are We always thought about an African team winning a World Cup. We talked about it in 1990 when... Uh, Cameroon made the quarterfinals. That was right, the quarterfinals, yeah. Should have made the semis. Should have made the semis. Very special team. Senegal beat France in the opener in 1998. They've dabbed with it. Senegal made the round, made the knockouts as well and had a nice little run. And then it's cooled off ever since. The African teams have not been a factor. So how can we change that? Because we know the talent's there. We know it faces an uphill battle with regards to infrastructure, etc., and funding. And some odd politics along the way we've seen historically. Uh, the Ivory Coast. How can we forget the Cote d'Ivoire? I mean, there's so many good teams. Africa's going to win a World Cup, but they need some help. So support the AFCON. Watch it. Let's talk about it here on the Soccer OG. And let's help out. Look, I think if we in CONCACAF got to look out for Africa like they're our buddies, you know. Hey, we'll look after you. You look at the Cape Verde Islands. How could you not be excited about them? And we'll move forward. Morocco beat Ghana. And again, keep your eye on Algeria and Sierra Leone. You know, we had Kai Kamara, guest on here. International player there for Sierra Leone. So, so many good stories to follow. And we'll see which teams emerge in the World Cup. Uh, World Cup expansion, I'm not crazy about. But if it gets more African teams in there, which it does, that's a good thing. So much going on in this world of football. And uh, the AFCON will bridge this thing, and we will keep an eye on the big teams. And obviously, Liverpool is the is the dictionary definition of a team that has to push forward without its African stars because they have the two biggest, well, two of the four biggest. I think you would say Riyad Mahrez, Mo Salah's number one, Sadio Mane is up there as well. Uh, there's a. It's going to be difficult for Liverpool. They're, they may have already seen their chances of winning the Premier League go out the back door because Manchester City were flawless in the holiday fixtures. But they still have to protect that top four. You don't want to get out of there. So this is going to be tricky. Look, they've already absorbed a weekend with the FA Cup. No harm done moving forward. But these competitions, even though at the middle of the season, must move forward. The international games and the development of the global game 
is just priority number one because the sport gets better once we're all connected. That's what makes the World Cup the greatest event on the planet and all the arteries of this sport that come out of it. Support Africa, support Asia, those great countries in Asia. Iran is becoming a, a real, is a real problem for teams. We saw in the last World Cup. We know about South Korea. South Korea is going to make a big push. I think with Algeria, you don't ex- don't be surprised to see them make another run like they did in 2002. Maybe not as far, the semifinals. But they've been getting good young talent making these European teams. It's uh, It all comes back to Europe because those are the big leagues. We've got to support these national teams. And I'm so proud of the players that go back and, and make everyone abundantly clear how important this is. They don't say, no, I could skip that. They are just meticulous on moving forward with that competition. So... An eye for the AFCON during this month of January and early February. That's all the time we have. As always, please subscribe, rate, review to the Soccer OG. We'll get a video here on the YouTube very soon and big plans later this month, which we will share with you. It's a Monday, but as I always like to say at the end of every show, Placido Domingo.